Hey, I didn't see you guys there. Welcome in to another fantasy football video with your favorite fantasy football analyst, Notorious Fantasy. And now, you might be wondering, Nick, why are you smoking a cigar on camera? And it's for one good reason, because I don't normally light cigars, but thank you guys so much for 10,000 subscribers. The amount of support I have seen from you guys recently is amazing, and I figured that this little bit I would do with the cigar would be very funny. So thank you guys so much for 10,000 subscribers. It means the absolute world to me. In this video, we are going to be talking about Week 8 waiver wire ads for fantasy football in 2020. I'm going to give you guys from running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in this video to make sure that you guys can win that 2020 fantasy football championship. So before I get into it, please make sure that you guys hit that subscribe button if you're new. You're not a part of the 10,000 people that have joined this channel. Make sure that you are because this is going to be the greatest decision you've ever made to click that subscribe button. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. So real quick before we get into it, I'd like to give you guys a quick word from my friends, my sponsor over at OverlayDFS.com. OverlayDFS.com is my favorite way to play daily fantasy sports in fantasy football. It is that simple. All you have to do is pick a player versus player. This is the Thursday night football matchup for this week between the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Who scores more fantasy points? Matt Ryan plus two additional fantasy points or Teddy Bridgewater minus two? Who scores more fantasy points? Fat Mike Davis minus eight and a half or Curtis Samuel plus eight and a half? It's that simple. Simple. Player versus player matchups. You guys do all this research for fantasy football every single week. Why not make some easy money off of it on OverlayDFS.com. If you guys want to see an A1 picture of myself, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at NotoriousFNTSY. I posted, the reason why I have that cigar is because I posted a picture of me taking the Joe Burrow picture after he won the national championship, and I thought it would be funny to include in the video. Again, thank you guys so much for all the support I've seen recently. So let's get right into it. Week 8 waiver wire ads. We begin with Chase Edmonds and the running back core. We're going to be talking about running backs first, and then we're into wide receivers, and then tight ends at the end of the video. So we begin with Chase Edmonds here, running back of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Kenya Drake is expected to miss quote-unquote a few weeks what does that mean not too sure could be a couple of games could be like two games three games I expect it to be kind of a longer term injury for Kenyon Drake when you see a guy on the ground tearing up it does not bode well for their fantasy football production in the future and does not mean that their injury looks very good at all week seven up against the Seattle Seahawks when he was given the opportunity later in the game after Kenyon Drake went down five attempts 58 rushing yards seven total receptions seven targets eight 87 receiving yards 21.5 PPR points and 18 half PPR points Chase Edmonds is put in the best position he could be for the Arizona Cardinals he's in an even better position than Kenyon Drake was when he was the starter why I say that is because Kenyon Drake was kind of not that great, right? Because why was he not that great? Because Chase Edmonds was still behind him, right? He was sniffing up his ass, trying to go ahead and get the best play that he could be, trying to take away work from Kenyon Drake. So now that Kenyon Drake is gone, Chase Edmonds is the clear number one on this team with no one really behind him to kind of take targets away from him. Kenyon Drake was getting a low amount of targets due to the fact that Chase Edmonds is a very good receiving running back in the NFL. And right now in Arizona, this is the perfect system for success. With how well Kyler Murray has been playing and how well this offense is off right now. I think Chase Edmonds is worthy of 100% of your fab. If you're talking in a fab league, he should be the number one waiver wire add on the week if he is available. In some leagues, he's obviously not going to be available because the Kenyan Drake owner has him, but 
He doesn't have a game this week, which is the biggest knock up against Chase Edmonds. He does have that bye week this week, so you're not going to be able to play him this week. But for the future, for at least a few weeks, which would be like two to three weeks in my head, Chase Edmonds is going to be one of the better running backs in fantasy football. He's going to be given 100% of the opportunity in this Arizona backfield. Obviously, there'll be other guys kind of going in and out, but it's not going to be a full running back by committee situations. Chase Edmonds is going to be the alpha guy on that team, and he has shown us in these games, even with little work, he could put up alpha running back player production. So I think that with Chase Edmonds coming on here, being the number one guy for this team, we are going to be seeing a whole lot of points scored out of Mr. Chase Edmonds. Next running back to look at here, we got Carlos Hyde running back of the C- Adel Seahawks this week going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Chris Carson right now is marked as week to week with a foot sprain. Now, originally after he got hurt, it didn't seem like it was going to be that bad. Then there's some reports that, hey, he might be fine for this week against San Fran. There's other reports that are just very conflicting this week for Chris Carson. So if I'm being honest with you, if you're going to put in a waiver wire ad for Carlos Hyde, which I believe you should do, make sure that you wait until later on Tuesday night to figure out really what is occurring with Chris Carson if he's going to end up playing on Sunday or not, because he's pretty much a waste of a waiver wire ad if Chris Carson is going to play. With that said, as of right now, I feel like he is going to miss. Again, I kind of forgot to say this at the beginning, but these guys are ordered in my kind of value on these players. You guys can obviously have a different opinion than me, but Mr., the guy we just talked about, Chase Edmonds is number one for running back. Number two is Carlos Hyde, and then so on and so forth. So week seven up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. After Mr. Chris Carson went down, Carlos Hyde went Pretty hamboney here. 15 rushes, 68 rushing yards, one off of being very nice. One rushing touchdown, four receptions on eight targets, and 16.6 PPR points. This man went to town on that Arizona defense, hit him with a nice double tap right in the ass. So without Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, even when he is a less skilled player, he is in one of the most high caliber offenses in the NFL, and that is going to bode well for a running back, even not with the greatest offensive line in the league, with a head coach like Pete Carroll, the running back is going to succeed regardless of who it is. So as long as Chris Carson is missing on this week, I really like Carlos Hyde here up against the San Francisco 49ers, and this may not even be just a one-week ad. Like I said, right now, the reports are that Chris Carson is listed week to week, so it could be an even longer-term kind of ad for Carlos Hyde, and the deeper we get into the season, the more these guys may seem like the package that may end up getting you to the playoffs. Next running back here, we got Tevin Coleman in the same game, San Francisco 49ers running back at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, reports are that Tevin Coleman is going to potentially return this week up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Chris Carson, or not Chris Carson, Tevin Coleman has been missing pretty much this whole season, and now this is going to be his triumphant return. Now, what kind of situation is he getting himself bolstered into? Now, Jeff Wilson is going to be out for multiple weeks with the injury that he kind of absorbed last or last week, obviously, after scoring three total touchdowns. Tevin Coleman is going to be one of three running backs there. Now, Jarek McKinnon put up an absolute stinker in your lineup. He put up a certified shit right on your chest and signed his name on it. He played atrocious. But then after the game, Shanahan goes out there on his microphone, just like the one in front of me, and he's like, yeah, actually, we already planned for Jarek McKinnon to not get a lot of work in this game. We were kind of just resting him. We thought this was a simpleton matchup up against Bill Belichick and Cam Newton in New England. So we're just going to bench Jarek McKinnon. That was the plan the whole time. Where was this news before the game? Kyle Shanahan? 
fuck you for not telling us this. I know for a fact he doesn't care about us fantasy football people, which I understand because at the end of the day, they're not getting paid if Jarek McKinnon gets a lot of fantasy points. They get paid to win the goddamn real NFL Super Bowl. So Tevin Coleman is going to be in a smorgasbord of running back. So am I worried to start him up against Seattle? Yes, but he's definitely worthy of a guy that you can pick up and stash on your lineup and potentially play for the future. It's pretty much just a, you got to pick him up, stash him on your bench, and wait and see what happens here up against Seattle before you know if you can start Tevin Coleman for the future or not. Next running back here, we got LaMichael P. Ryan, running back of the New York Football Jets, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Now, he was a guy that I talked about last week in last week's waiver wire video as a guy that you stash on your bench and see how he does up against the Buffalo Bills. I thought that was an all right matchup for him, but I really wanted to see what the touch numbers looked like and all of that. Now, interesting thing that the New York Football Jets have changed who is calling the plays on the offense. It used to be Adam Gaze, and the running backs were terrible, and then they changed it to some other motherfucker. And now that it's that other motherfucker who shall not be named, because he probably doesn't matter at all, this guy is dialing up some plays for LaMichael Pirine, with Bell out of these games, obviously, going to Kansas City, revenge game for Le'Veon Bell. He steps into a very solid role here, splitting with Frank Gore and even looking like a much better running back than Frank Gore in this game last week up against the Buffalo Bills. 11 rushes, 39 rushing yards, and one total rushing touchdown in this game, as well as two for three through the air. Two receptions on three targets and 16 receiving yards for 13.5 PPR points and 12.5 half PPR points. So, LaMichael P. Ryan isn't the most beautiful pickup. You're not looking at him like, damn, this sexy motherfucker should be in Playboy or something. LaMichael P. Ryan just could be that guy on the worst team in the NFL that for some reason is worthy of starting in fantasy football. This is definitely a tough matchup up against the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, if you're in a really tough scenario, there's a lot worse options out there than Mr. LaMichael P. Ryan. And I'm LaMichaeling this pickup this week. Get it, LaMichaeling. I'm LaMiking it. I'm liking it. Mike and Ike's terrible candy. Next running back here, we got Jamichael Hasty, running back of the San Francisco 49ers up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I know this is kind of hasty to go from one Seattle running back or one San Francisco running back to another. Ha ha ha. Jamichael Hasty, he's going to be all right. Now, this is another scenario of where you're, you're just hoping to the fantasy lords. You're looking up to the fantasy heavens, and you are hoping that your prayers are answered of Jamichael Hasty being actually involved in this offense. Will he be? I don't know, but he's definitely going to get some opportunity to become that guy. Week 7 up against the New England Patriots, 9 rushes, 57 rushing yards, 1 reception on 1 target. For 16 receiving yards, 8.3 PPR points and 7.3 half PPR points. So with Jeff Wilson kind of out of the picture, maybe we see a lot more use out of Jermichael Hasty. And considering this offense kind of runs on a multi-back system, while Mostert is the guy, right, when Mostert's healthy. Mostert's not healthy. And then... Tevin Coleman is about as injury-prone as it gets. This guy knows all the nurses in the San Francisco area. He's like, hey, what's up, Tom? Or, hey, what's up, Sarah? I know you. You were the person who was here last week when I was fucking injured, all right? This guy loves that blue tent on the side of the fucking field where you go in there. He has his name signed on there. Actually, signed his name on there. And it has a, when have you been here? And it's every single week this motherfucker is in there because he always gets hurt now. That's a shame for Tevin Coleman. Knock on wood that he doesn't get hurt again because I really respect him and I really like him as a player. But just understand that this backfield is very murky and very, very, very injury prone. Now, there are some other running backs to note here. I'm not going to go super in depth with these guys, but if you're in a deeper kind of league or... Maybe some of these guys are guys that I think are already owned, but I still want to talk about. Giovanni Bernard, running back of the San Francisco 49ers, going up against the Tennessee Titans this week. Now, he's only really a running back to note because if Mixon misses, he's a guy you're going to want to play. 
He played all right up against the Cleveland Browns last week, and I expect another solid game if Mixon is out. For the Seattle Seahawks, I got two running backs here up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Gus Bus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. The reports right now, Marky Mock Ingram. Marky Mock Ingram may not end up playing in this game up against the Steelers. Now, this is an atrocious matchup, but running backs have looked pretty solid up against Pittsburgh as of recently. So if Mark Ingram was to miss, I like two of these guys, or both the running backs there to potentially be starters. And then Jeremy McNicholas is listed here as well as Derrick Henry's backup if you have Derrick Henry, while the other running back that is also there is banged up. Jeremy Nichols would be the backup for Derrick Henry. Now we are on to the wide receiver section of the video, so if you guys have ended up enjoying thus far, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Back into it, wide receiver Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, just like with Chase Edmonds, this man is on a bye, but this man is hotter than... I was going to make a joke there that would have been a little too too mean. So, very hot, super hot fire. I spit that. Two and a half men, I watched that. Christian Kirk, hotter than how I kind of envisioned... What's that girl's name? Hotter than how I thought Kate Upton looked when I was like 13 years old. That's what I was going to say there. Wide receiver of the Arizona Cardinals on a bye this week. So obviously when you pick him up, you can't fucking play him because he's on a bye. Where the fuck's he going? That's the real question. Probably at home to have a nice time with his family. So two great games in a row for Christian Kirk and over 10 points since week number four. He's kind of been that guy last year that was the technical wide receiver on the the team wide receiver one but he wasn't all that good he's a clear number two on this Arizona team with DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him but that's the perfect role for him week seven up against the Seattle Seahawks he had five receptions on eight targets for two touchdowns 37 receiving yards 20.7 PPR points and 18.2 half PPR points this man has scored a touchdown once in his last two games in each of those last two games and he's a guy that looks to be on a roll in one of the most pass heavy systems in the NFL that gives a lot of opportunity deep down the field to these wide receivers especially a guy like Christian Kirk who just loves to score that goddamn ball and get that touchdown. So Christian Kirk is my number one wide receiver to add, but obviously, if you need a guy to pick up for this week, you're looking elsewhere. To this next guy, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver of the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks this week. Now, I understand that it is Seattle and San Francisco player Palooza, but that's because the San Francisco 49ers far exuded my expectation, and that's because Chris Carson got hurt. So week seven at the New England Deflatriots, six receptions on seven targets for 115 receiving yards, 17.5 PPR points, and 14.5 half PPR points. Brandon Ayuk was absolutely dominant up against the New England Patriots. He bent Billy B over on the sideline and made him sing a lullaby while he fucked him to death. Ayuk's rookie campaign has been pretty solid thus far this season, kind of on and off, but if he's going to be putting up games like this up against a tough opponent in the Patriots, up against Seattle, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. We saw them get exposed by Kyler Murray and friends last week that I feel like Brandon Ayuk here could be in for a decently good game here up against the Seattle Seahawks. Next guy here, we got Sterling Shepard, wide receiver of the New York Football Giants, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Now, Shepard has been gone since week two, but made his triumphant return week seven up against the Phil Idelphia Eagles. Now, I'm not saying Sterling Shepard is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL or something, or even on the Giants. I prefer Slayton over him, but he does step into a role where he is going to be seeing targets regardless of how Danny Dimes is playing. Last week, up against Philly, six receptions on eight targets for 59 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, 17.9 PPR points, and 14.9 half 
PPR points. So Sterling Shepard has a decently carved out role here in New York for success. This matchup up against Tampa Bay, though, is very, very scary. It's like when I watched Paranormal Activity when I was nine years old shitting bricks. That's kind of how I feel about Sterling Shepard up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But sometimes you just got to search deep through the waiver wire and find guys you're not as confident in and throw them in your lineup because he is probably the number one wide receiver technically on the team. So I'm not in love with this like that guy who sung about being in love with the Coco was a couple of years ago, but I am kind of starting to feel decent about this Giants offense. Now their defense actually looks all right as well. I expect Tom Brady to go 12 inches deep in the Giants ass, but there's always that upside for Sterling Shepard to play quite well with Daniel Dimes. Next guy here is Rashad Higgins, wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Now, he honestly only has an opportunity on this team because Odell Beckham Jr. has reportedly torn his ACL. Sad face. Could be the wide receiver number two behind Jarvis Landry, and it looked like he was last week up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely dominant in this game up against the Bengals. Six for six for 110 receiving yards, 17 PPR points, and 14 half PPR points. Now, there's obviously other guys on this team that are going to be contesting to be the number two guy behind Jarvis Landry. But Jarvis Landry still kind of looks a bit banged up, and Higgins put up more points than him, so maybe Higgins is the number one. Now, don't necessarily buy into it because any of these guys in Cleveland could be that wide receiver, but if you're stuck in wide receiver hell, you got an extra spot on your bench for a guy with a decent amount of upside go ahead and snag Rashad Higgins wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns for a decent amount of upside with Odell Beckham Jr. out next guy here is a guy that's a shot in the dark and you're too late Preston Williams wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins going up against the LA Rams with Tua Tungavailoa's debut game in the NFL so he's definitely in a whole new world a whole new scenario here with Tua is it does he become the wide receiver one or does he fade into darkness does he emerge or does he get soft? Does he need some Viagra? I have no idea how it's going to play out. So that's why he's back there. I'm very unsure, just like with Rashad Higgins. Pressel Williams has proved it to me, though, in the past that he can be that guy. He's been putting up a lot of touchdowns. Week 7 up against the New York Football Jets on only three targets, two receptions, 18 receiving yards, one total touchdown, 9.8 PPR points, 8.8 half PPR points, and the week before when the Miami Dolphins absolutely skull-fucked the San Francisco 49ers, Preston Williams went to pound town in that game. But there's obviously a huge difference here. It's in quarterback Tua versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if Tua throws the ball a lot to Preston Williams, this is a great ad. If Tua is targeting the other guys on the team, you're going to look like you're not even going to look like a dumbass, right? Because he's not like the number one wide receiver to add for the week, but you're not going to feel as great about the ad. So we will see how it plays out on Sunday for Preston Williams. Am I telling you to jolt this guy right into your lineup? No, because I really have no idea how it's going to play out. Even as a Miami Dolphins fan, I feel like it's about 50-50 who Tua's favorite wide receiver is, and it's actually probably 33-33-33 because his favorite wide receiver might end up a guy that we're talking about in a little bit, Michael Gesicki. So next guy here is actually just the other rest of the wide receivers of note. Number one, Traquan Smith, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Chicago Bears this week. They're in Chicago. There's a 50-50 chance Michael Thomas misses this game as well again. Michael Thomas seems like a dumpster fire of a pick. It looks like the Cleveland fucking Cavaliers without LeBron James. Traquan Smith is the number one or number two guy there, I guess, without Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. If Emmanuel Sanders returns, I still think Traquan Smith is fine. But if Michael Thomas comes back, obviously Traquan Smith is completely 
useless like a goddamn used condom. Next guy, Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills going up against the New England Patriots. This is one of a decent matchup. The New England Patriots got bent over last week like I was talking about, so Beasley puts himself in a solid spot in this game. After putting up the best wide receiver performance of the Buffalo Bills up against the New York Football Jets, we could see a lot more of Cole Beasley, especially if John Brown continues to be banged up. Mike Williams for the LA Chargers. Definitely not going up against the LA Chargers this week, though. He's actually going up against the Denver Broncos, who got absolutely splashed on by Patrick Mahomes and friends in Kansas City last week. So Mike Williams was a guy I was getting kind of super hot on for this game and just didn't play all that well last week. So I like him here, though, for a bounce back against Denver. But I don't feel ultra confident considering Mike Williams has been wishy-washy. Thus far this season, final guy here, Zach Pascal of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Detroit Lions. The Colts had a bye last week. Not all that sold on Zach Pascal, but he's clearly the number two guy there behind T.Y. Hilton. If T.Y. ends up getting hurt, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't, he could be the number one guy there in that offense. Now onto the tight ends to talk about here. Again, if you guys have ended up enjoying, we're very far into this video, probably around 20 minutes deep. If you've made it this far, please make sure to hit that like button down below. And if you're new, please make sure to subscribe. Next guy here, Mike Williams, tight end of the Miami Dolphins going up against the LA Rams. Now again, it's a change of scenery with Tua Tungavailoa under center in this Miami offense. So I'm very unsure how this is going to go down, kind of like I was with Preston Williams. Gasicki on paper, is one of the best freak athletes in the NFL. This motherfucker, his numbers, like his speed, his athleticism score, his strength score, are all 99 percentile. But I'm 99% sure that he doesn't play up to what that athleticism is. But he has had very solid games, two good games thus far this season. The rest have been pretty bad. But again, it's a change of scenery in Miami. So Mike Kosicki may end up being very, very good for fantasy football in the future if that becomes Tua's safety blanket. Next tight end here is Trey Boo Boo. Trey Burton, tight end of the Indianapolis Colts, going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit this week. Now, week six before their bye week, up against the Cincinnati Bengals, Trey Burton was feeling dangerous like his name was Baker Mayfield. Four receptions, five targets, 58 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, 21.9 PPR points, and 19.9 half PPR points. Jack Doyle has been banged up like the old man he is all season long. So Trey Burton has really emerged as the number one tight end there and probably the number one target for Phillip Rivers in the end zone. So don't be surprised if you see the Trey Burton and Ata score a touchdown in this game up against the Lions. And finally, the other tight ends of note, we got Logan Thomas of the Washington football team. He has a bye. He's a guy I bought in earlier on the season and then absolutely sucked some fat fucking cock the last couple of weeks and then was really good last week up against Dallas. Is that because he was playing Dallas? Is that because Kyle Allen now likes him? Kind of unsure. Eric Ebron, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. When everyone was on him, I didn't like him. When everyone was off of him last week, I still didn't like him. And he did much better last week. How do I feel about him? He's about all right. He's just a touchdown kind of dependent tight end going up against the Baltimore Ravens this week. So if you guys did end up enjoying this video again, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. I love each and every single one of you motherfuckers. Make sure you guys check out OverlayDFS.com. Link down below in the description. And I'll see you beautiful bastards later with another banger of a video. As always, good boy!